welcome to Work Actually. It's the podcast that I created to delve into the reality behind different jobs and different careers. Now, I have lots of episodes that focus on different career paths and professions, but I'm currently doing a mini-series looking at different topics and challenges that we face within the workplace. Last week, I spoke to Tony Brooks, who is a leadership psychologist, so we delved into kind of the art of effective leadership and how to become a better leader. And I also spoke to Lisa Robin Wood about addressing and resolving conflict at work. That's been really popular. Lots of people going through that or looking for help on how to navigate that. Today's chat is with Gemma Brown, a certified coach who helps individuals personally and professionally navigate different challenges and adopt a more healthy mindset and increase their confidence at work. And we spoke in depth today about imposter syndrome. Now, for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, I envy you. (laughs) It's a very common and persistent feeling that you're not good enough in a job or that your success isn't rightly deserved or achieved. Now, it's something I felt on a number of occasions personally, and certainly something that I've seen prominently in a lot of women that I've spoken to and worked with, but it is not just women who experience it. Everyone can feel this, and what we chat about today is actually where this can come from. And often it's the environmental factors at work that lead to it, rather than it just simply being a lack of confidence or self-belief. Now, Gemma has so much experience in this area. Do check out her beautiful website, gemmabrowncoaching.co.uk, to find out more. And she also offers one-to-one coaching and workshops, including one on imposter syndrome. So I hope you enjoy the chat and if this resonates with you, please do get in touch. I love speaking to people about the different topics that we cover and hearing people's own experiences. If it's helped, if they they too can offer a viewpoint that will help others. Um, so please do get in touch and I hope you enjoy. Gemma, thank you so much for joining the Work Actually podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you on. So much for inviting me to come along. I'm really looking forward to it. I know. I'm I'm really, really keen to get into this one. Uh, imposter syndrome is, so, is something I'm definitely not a stranger, a stranger of. And um, I think a lot of people listening will recognise some of the things we're going to talk about and the feelings and, yeah, just general experience of maybe not feeling good enough sometimes in the workplace. You are a certified coach. And you help people professionally, personally, sort of navigate different challenges and adopt a more healthy mindset and build on confidence. And actually something that stood out for me on your website, which is beautiful, by the way, your website, is that you you help people find awareness and acceptance. What What does that mean? Good question. Yes. So I think... Um... Something from my own experience from working a lot with other people, all different ages and uh, backgrounds and different careers, working with them personally and, and professionally, is that we get to a point where um, we, we realise that we don't have the tools that we maybe need for um, our work or um, just life in general and things around confidence or what are my values, you know, how do I 
um, how do I overcome this negative inner chatter? Mm. Uh, I realized we've actually never been taught that stuff. We've never been given the tools to help us with those things. And so actually working with a coach can help you really build awareness around some of those yeah. um, I guess barriers that may hold hold you back and imposter syndrome being one of them mm. um, so building awareness around that but actually a lot of the work that we do is about accepting who you are mm. and that it's okay to be who you are that we're all unique um, and a lot of the time when we're growing up I, I think we we often compare with others and we try to fit in and be the same as others and and that highlights our differences maybe uh, whereas actually accepting who we are is such a superpower and with that comes confidence yeah. um, and the freedom to move forward and, and do the things that you want to do. Definitely and I, I don't know about you but I've recognised that a lot of in my sort of day-to-day job a lot of younger people coming through I feel have this more with not have imposter syndrome or have this confidence more and ability to say well that's not me or this is how I work and I'd maybe I'm you know I'm just seeing you know a small section and and this isn't the case but I really do feel and it's really encouraging I think to see this confidence that I didn't have when I started in in work you know it was am I as good as them can I be as good as them pitting myself against the people around me rather than what do I need to sort of excel? Uh, I think there's definitely two camps. Um, I am uh, sort of really encouraged by young people and and the way that the world of work is maybe changing Mm. in terms of acceptance that you can be who you are, that you can bring your whole self to work um, and and work in a way that is best for you. I definitely think that shifted certainly since I started at work. But I think there's also definitely when I'm working with people in their early 20s or even some students um, who still have this this comparison, uh, this not feeling good enough, the the fear of being a beginner in a way, Mm. the fear of not knowing, especially when you're starting in the world of work, you are new to work. And so you're not going to know everything. And that can be something that people really hold on to and really knocks their confidence. So I still think there's a bit of both. And I think with, I've worked with people who are 20s to 60 and that confidence, that imposter syndrome is something that everybody seems to to talk about having experienced at some point now i've written the definition of imposter syndrome out here it's the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills i mean i recognize that so much and i remember when i and i said this actually on the last podcast that i did when i started in pr i kind of went in as work experience and I think I was kind of long-term work experience for a few months. I think I was going in two days a week, not getting paid, just getting experience. And I remember the PR manager walked out, just <laughs> left. And the boss said, do you want it? Do you want the job? And I went from sort of lowest of the low to this role, which I wasn't so ill-equipped for. He obviously saw something in me, which is very nice. You know, I could do it or <laughs> I don't know, but... I think 
it it was a bit thrilling and exciting but I think that lack of foundation and support and experience and learning set me on quite a destructive road for a while you know and I don't it didn't catch up with me for a while because it was very exciting but then I think that that start really um led to me feeling like I don't know what I'm doing they think I know what I'm doing they think I do but I don't and I'm going to be found out you know classic imposter syndrome traits yeah well those are the terms from you know the original study of of imposter phenomenon as it was called Mm. originally um in the original study back in the 70s Uh, that's where those terms originally came from that we now associate with imposter syndrome around I'm going to be found out they think I'm much better than that that I am I just was lucky that I got here it's all from a relatively small study that was done back in the 70s really focused on women at the time who like you said couldn't recognize their own success Mm -hmm. Uh, they couldn't recognize the part that they had played um and I think I similarly to what you've described I when I first got my first job I um went for the interview and I I got offered the job and I couldn't believe that they'd offered me and I think my first thought was they must be really desperate to to give me the role and that started me in this position of I've got to kind of keep up this pretense Mm. I've got to keep doing and I don't know how your you said destructive um yeah it went destructive patterns for you I I don't know exactly what you mean but for me that was overworking oh hugely doing way more than was necessary you know really ruminating over things things took me so much longer than they needed to because I felt like I was trying to cover up my inability Mm. Mm, yeah completely I would overwork well everyone did to be fair but I would care so much you know I'd I'd and I'd say it only in the last few years you know I'm sort of mid to late 30s now but um I would say that I'd only in the last pff, relatively two or three years maybe I'd say have I feel like I've really kind of conquered that in a way or been able to let go of it I think still that fear that I'm going to let someone down that I'm not going to do it quite right that people expect me to get everything right it was and I think because I never really addressed it it was only on reflection a few years ago when I thought that's where this started you know I didn't I didn't have that support in a very stressful workplace you know it was a kind of <laughs> I don't know free-for-all but but exciting at the same time but yeah not great for sort of long-term confidence building no, a really interesting, um, you picked up on a couple of points there. I think when we feel, uh, we talked originally about the awareness and it sounds like you've developed that awareness over imposter syndrome or or whatever, uh, you know, that um, destructive behaviours now, <laughs> at late mid to late 30s, which I'm similar as well. But I didn't know about imposter syndrome in my 20s no. or even when I was a teenager. But it's why I'm so passionate about talking about this subject in the workplace or with younger people. Because I think if we knew more about it, we would talk more about it and really normalise, like really 
normalize it we all experience it we all have these sorts of feelings and but we can we can do things about it um and 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 i i think when you do feel those sorts of things that we've talked about you you tend to then not share them because you look even more like a fraud Mm. so you know in that position where you got offered that role to step up you know I don't know what what would you have felt about sharing that that you felt funny looking back I can't quite remember but I think I I took it on as a challenge but probably said oh god you know this is but then I think I also felt you know that short-term confidence boost of wow they really like me that it was a bit of a short-lived buzz of wow I must be really good at this or they really like me and things which you know quite quickly led to I don't have a clue what I'm doing but um yeah it was it was exciting but I think what you said about how we didn't talk about imposter syndrome that's absolutely the case and I think I remember when Cheryl Sandberg from Facebook released that book Lean In it suddenly it got obviously loads of publicity and it became far more part of a normal conversation didn't it the term imposter syndrome how women in particular feel in positions of authority and leadership and the different differences in how people react to men and women and language and adjectives to describe people like oh she's bossy or he's assertive and and it became suddenly in the kind of mainstream didn't it even though people had obviously been feeling it for years and just not been talking about it yeah absolutely and I think the term imposter syndrome it it can um uh really turn some people off Mm. as, as well um I feel that it can help people when they can say, oh, I experienced that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they can, then they realise that other people do and it makes them feel not so alone. So I think um, it's it's helpful to recognise that it's not just you and that there are, tool, there are things that you can work on to prevent imposter syndrome holding you back. Uh, and on the other side like you said it it might have boosted your confidence at one time or uh you know there might be some positives from it which is another flip side of it you know in terms of well it's enabled me to be so successful or keep working so hard or sort of yeah progress as far as I have done so I I think it's 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 a it's one that attracts a lot of debate and conversation Mm. I think it's certainly something I would notice in people I think I'd I'm far more aware of maybe how younger people are feeling, especially younger women coming through, making sure, you know, they they are confident or at least you're helping to try and make them confident and, yeah, not having the kind of experience I did where, you know, not enough acknowledgement or support or recognition of the fact you're so new to the job and, and don't know everything and will get things wrong. And I think it was such a fear I had of getting things wrong. And if you're in that space over time I mean that's one of the things that just leads to burnout isn't it is just because you you can't sustain that I mean you will always get things wrong if you are are so afraid to then it's just this perpetual state of anxiety completely and there is a link between um those who experience imposter like thoughts and feelings perfectionism and and that burnout because if you do feel that you don't belong because essentially that's what imposter syndrome is it's that feeling that I don't belong here in in 
this situation, this this project, this team, um, you then do tend to try and get everything perfect because you don't want it to be wrong, which will lead you to working harder and harder to cover up that fear of being uh, being found out. Yeah. But then what happens is you become more successful. So you might then be promoted. And yeah. then you, it's sort of this spiral that continues where you're trying to work so hard to cover up the fact that you don't think you should be there, yeah. or that you don't deserve that success. So it's a it's an easy cycle to fall into mm. and, and that many get, I think many of the people that I work with do resonate with that kind of overworking yeah. to cover up my fear of, getting found out yeah I think also the term imposter syndrome is a funny one isn't it because for lots of different reasons like it, I think it focuses on the individual so someone that feels like an imposter rather than what I believe is cultural problems in the workplace and outside that lead you to feeling this way so it wasn't my problem that I felt that way it was the environment that was being fostered that and it wouldn't have just been me feeling that way. And it's, you know, if you don't um, create this culture of acceptance and difference and learning, then, of course, people, especially young people, are going to feel uh, inferior or inadequate. And I think also just the term imposter sounds quite negative, doesn't it? It sounds like, you know, not just the Because I think imposter syndrome is when you feel unsure and you feel worried. Am I good enough? I think I think. The term imposter, they sounds like you really shouldn't be here. You're an imposter, you know. And I think yeah. it just it just sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's not. I know it's not a positive term at all, and it does make you think there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And I think that's that people get stuck with that and then feel shame and don't want to share it, and then we don't talk. You don't talk about it, so you don't get that kind of relief that you get by sharing things and having something in common with somebody else. Um, so it is a really sort of negative and syndrome as well. It's sort of like there is something it's wrong medical, with you. It's yeah. medical, yeah. Uh, I don't know how it got changed to syndrome because it was originally phenomenon, yeah, yeah, which sounds in a way quite unique and, you know, and special. And, um, and it sounds like it's something that's happening to a lot of people for it to be a phenomenon. I think you're right around that individual versus cultural and it's I think that on an individual level there's some some work that you can do around awareness mm. around how it impacts you and and is it certain situations when you feel it more because when you know that you can then do things to mitigate it or to help build your confidence in those areas but there's definitely that cultural piece around having the environment to thrive but sadly I don't think I certainly as a manager as a leader didn't get training or I didn't feel equipped to have conversations with my team members when I recognized that they maybe lacked confidence or they maybe were sort of sharing some of these terms with me that meant then they weren't really thriving at work. I didn't know necessarily how to have those conversations mm. uh, back then. And so I, I, I think in terms of as well as individuals getting to know, you know, getting more comfortable with it, like if they are feeling imposter syndrome, in the workplace, I think that there is something around, like you say, creating that culture, creating the environment, but 
really helping managers to know how to build confidence with their team members because a lot of the time I got told oh you should be more confident mm. well great yeah, thanks <laughs> it's not for that. really helpful yeah. Yeah. but how do I do that mm. and and in a way by my manager saying that to me it felt made me think maybe feel even more out of place well yeah because it's like oh get on with it why don't I have that confidence yeah it's back on a reflection on you rather than the environment that you're in and I think yeah in terms of imposter syndrome as well I mean we it's not just women that feel this but it is hugely women in numbers that feel it isn't it especially women going into leadership positions where they just think (gasps) because and again the kind of environmental context Women have always fought to get into these positions. It's not been the norm. It's still across the board. Women aren't represented enough in leadership teams and on board, around boardroom tables and fighting for equal pay in a lot of areas still. And, you know, there should be more work around this. I mean, this is such a good example. My boss said to me once, what's that thing that women get? Intruder syndrome. And I just looked oh. at him and thought, you live in the lovely, blissful confidence you know that it doesn't even cross your mind what it is (laughs) yeah that's uh that's that is a brilliant example but yeah it is more well the stats that you know will be you know 70 percent of us will experience imposter syndrome at some point Uh, I think it's a lot more than that and I certainly work with men who experience Mm imposter syndrome and want to build confidence and so uh, yeah a lot more research has been done since that original study but interesting you're talking about women specifically in leadership roles um there are sort of more recent research shows that there's three times when imposter syndrome can be more prevalent and that is when you're um being visible so if you're presenting or if you're putting yourself out there Mm. in some way to a group or you know online offline uh imposter syndrome is more likely to kind of raise its ugly head the second is if you um forgotten what it is (laughs) oh doing new things so that could be when Mm. you're starting in the workplace when you've been promoted when you're coming back from maternity leave those are specific times when imposter syndrome can be more prevalent but also when you're in the minority so as you said women coming into leadership roles are often Mm. in the the minority there so they're going to be feeling like an imposter in that situation anyway but also the environment needs to check itself is there the environment for that person to to thrive there Mm. so sometimes it's not them it is the environment Uh, it's that feeling of being exposed isn't it and then it's that need for safety that like you say it's it's that need of it's okay to get it wrong or it's okay for you to be at the beginning it's okay for you to not know any everything and I think and I I'm definitely someone that gets this the more senior you get the more you think you should know everything and the more you feel that it's expected of you to know everything um and I look at kind of people in the junior position and kind of envy the fact that, you know, they can say, I have no idea because they shouldn't have any idea. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a real challenge when you are promoted to then, particularly that going from junior to then managing others. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a real 
challenge for a lot of people. And again, there's such a lack of training, guidance, support in that transition. I certainly had it. I was thrown into a situation where I was, um, I've been promoted based on my kind of experience and my knowledge and the great job that I had done to then managing others. And I felt like so out of my depth. I didn't have any support, but I also didn't want to let my team know that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So sort of took on more and more um, to kind of protect them in a way. But of course, in the end, it all fell apart and it collapsed because you can't keep going no. like that. Yeah. I think that is a, a real transition when people feel in the workplace when they feel but out of their depth. Yeah, and I think, you know, there is this now, you know, a lot talked about burnout and this feeling of just getting so overwhelmed. And, and I think this does play such a big part of it for men as well, of just... Either I think I think overworking is a big problem in general, especially since the pandemic and, and also just since technology has evolved and we, we don't switch off. And actually in, in the last podcast um we spoke about, you know, the pr- problem with technology is we react so quickly now as well that we don't stop and think, which is very powerful to stop and think because it can change your whole course of action. Whereas if you respond so quickly you're responding emotionally a lot of the time and then of course you're in this constant state of kind of emotional acting which then links to stress doesn't it and and rather than I think confidence often comes from just staying still for a bit and thinking and learning and acknowledging what you're learning and acknowledging what you're doing wrong and how you can learn from it and and I don't think we do enough of that anymore we're too we're too quick at working with the speed of work is too fast well, and our expectations, we want everything immediately, yeah. don't we? We want on demand. So we've, you know, there's that pressure to reply to emails instantly, uh, like you say, in a very emotional state. Mm. Whereas if you uh, paused and reflected, slept on it, you probably said a completely different yeah. reply. But I think it, it comes back, so much of this comes back to culture of your workplace as well, doesn't it? Because if culturally somebody sends an email out of hours if you don't reply you're gonna feel maybe feel not good enough or you know, there's that expectation that you need to be on constantly yeah. as well and and how does that feed into feelings of imposter if, if you actually want to set boundaries uh and and work at hours that work for you how how does that translate then when you're getting emails at, at all hours and so I think there's, a, there's so much is culturally about what's accepted, what's not, how you have these conversations, how you talk about confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and diversifying your, and being more inclusive. I mean, that's so important as well. I mean, if you're a, a black woman going into a, you know, predominantly white male workforce, how could you not feel... Like this might not be the place for me, or they might not have the culture that suits me. You know, it's it's making sure that across the board we're just making sure we're representing people properly and their own experience. Yeah. And I think that's um, where, when you are in a minority, you may be putting it on yourself and take it's my responsibility. Yeah. I feel like an imposter, yeah. but it might not actually be. You might not have the condition, of course, there, which is a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that's not about you that's about the system mm, absolutely you know and it, it, it's nice to see this being discussed so much more I mean on platforms like LinkedIn you go on and, and there's it's just these topics are so prominent now and people having their say and there's lots of different opinions around them but I think just the fact there is now much more of an open forum for people to be honest and authentic and and women in senior positions brave enough to say I wasn't supported here or this you know this is how I like to work or um this is what I want the next generation to understand and you know it's uh it's nice and I think that maybe is where we're seeing in some ways obviously not all a different confidence in the next generation coming through because they've been allowed to kind of talk about this yeah and it was really encouraging a couple of weeks ago I was invited to Cambridge University to do a workshop on this subject and that's and and it felt it was it was brilliant to be engaging people at that age in these conversations to 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 give them tools to help them and uh, to not be held back by it and and a lot of what was coming out of that was how alone people felt mm. when they feel that I'm the only one who thinks like this and and so it was really encouraging because I wish I'd had that when I was you know 18 19 20 <laughs> to, well, through all ages I wish I'd had the knowledge, some guidance, and just to realise that it's I'm, I'm not on my own with yeah. it. It was a really nice piece to be doing. And and I think it is important to have these conversations. I know it can be a controversial subject. Um, imposter syndrome can trigger people in, um, in different ways. But I think if the more conversations we have about it, I think it can only be a positive. Yeah. Because it's also assumptions. Like you say, oh, I'm, I'm doing a workshop at Cambridge University. My immediate thought is, well, why would people at Cambridge University have imposter syndrome? But of course, of course they would, you know, and almost to the extreme effect, I think, in some cases, because it's the pressure of going to a university like Cambridge and feeling you've got to live exactly up to that. that. <laughs> exactly that. And people, you know, struggling with their studies, but yeah. that feeling they can't, you know, that so much investment has gone yeah. into it. They're... You, you know they're supposed to be top of their game and they've not you know then they're comparing to others who are the elite you know huge intellectual so I think that just shows no one is excluded from from having these types of thoughts and feelings but oh my god did I feel like the biggest imposter when I did it. <laughs> I was thinking I'm going to speak to there was someone with a PhD and I was thinking oh my goodness I do not belong here <laughs> oh no of course you do but yeah I've got it it is that feeling of exposure. I mean, I can sit on here on a podcast without a care in the world. I feel completely comfortable. I love having those conversations. But as you said, you stick me in a work context, speak, public speaking, and I... I mean, people laugh at me at work because I crumble. I just... I don't know what it is. It goes... It feels so primal, you know, that... <gasps> I'm, And I know it is a huge fear, public speaking, but I really do feel that kind of, I don't know if I'm good enough to be here. I feel so exposed. I'm going to be found out. It's And it it takes you almost to a childlike state, I feel, of just, I don't want to do it. <laughs> fear. And in a way, that's you protecting yourself, isn't it, by having that reaction, yeah. because you, you, you know, that's our sort of survival instinct. We don't want to expose ourselves mm. uh, in ways that make us feel uncomfortable. But it's really 
you know what you you just said there about I feel really comfortable in this situation and having a nice chat and and when it's one on one but that awareness around you know when it's more people uh that's when maybe you, you start to feel those things so that's really good information because you can then better prepare if you have to do those things or you say no to those mm. things so I think um again it's that a bit around self-awareness of those times when you feel that imposter really rising and, and that might that's different for different people and I think that's why conversations in the workplace are really healthy particularly with your manager or your colleagues because confidence means different things to different people mm. and someone may really um, thrive in that environment of being on stage up in front of lots of people and find one-on-one absolutely terrifying and so as a manager I think it's about really getting to know your team and knowing where they lack confidence mm. so that you can really have really useful conversations with them and, and be able to support them in the ways that they need it yeah definitely so if someone's listening now thinking, God, this, I really resonate with this. I feel like I'm not good enough at work. I really feel like I have, I suffer with some of these traits that are associated with imposter syndrome. What would, what would be your initial advice maybe for someone listening and what to do next? I think my first place that I go to with this is talk about it, share it with somebody that you trust. Mm. I know that might feel like, the scariest thing to do but I guarantee just that processing how you feel verbally will will help but also they they will have likely resonate with the the things that you're saying and and that can be a great place of comfort so that is definitely the first thing I would do and and do it with somebody you trust and feel comfortable with yeah yeah definitely I think also there's there's so much on the internet now even to you know you, you google it you go on instagram facebook whatever there's so much discussion i think like you say the important thing is to know you're you're so not alone i mean we felt it probably you could walk down the street and the first 10 people you speak to would say yeah i felt that it's it's so common yet yeah, like you say it makes you feel alone but i think yeah the most important thing to remember is the person working next to you is likely feeling the same even yeah it might be in a slightly different way like sometimes Especially with men, I think the the pressures to be confident. Sometimes overconfidence can be a sign of vulnerability, can't it? Or, or lack of showing vulnerability and fear. And, um, you know, because I know that when I stand up or, or I'm going to be speaking publicly and he's like, I don't want to do it, I don't like it. You know, a male counterpart probably wouldn't choose that route, would probably mm. say. The wouldn't. language is the very language different. The is so different. Yeah, it- completely different and it's worth remembering because I I think we see people looking confident all the time we think oh that person's really confident or Mike at work he's you know super confident we have no idea how they're feeling on the inside and the true meaning of confidence is to trust within yes and that's where the importance of that self-awareness piece comes back of that self-acceptance because when you can accept and you can trust yourself that's when you're natural that's when you feel more confident that's when you find you know what we call getting in your flow zone so um yeah so it's really important to go that but but we have no idea how somebody else is feeling Mm. uh and and actually 
you could sit here and say, Gemma, you look like a really confident person, but I was really nervous before we started talking. <laughs> and, you know, it's that butterflies in your tummy mm. feeling. So uh, so I think that's that's important to be aware of as well. We don't know how that other person is feeling. And often that what that imposter voice says to us is based on fear. And a great question that I often leave clients with is where is the evidence yeah Yeah. and often there is no evidence of what your imposter voice is saying Mm. is true and when you look at the evidence actually you can kind of self-coach yourself to 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 be more rational Mm. I think what's also nice about what you know the information available now as opposed to maybe when we were starting in the workforce is this acceptance and real open conversation about failure a failure mm. being a positive thing of the best people have failed multiple times you know there's so much on it now um and actually it's so true because that was never something discussed really when we were you know younger it wasn't really an option no was it really? not at all no and I, fi- I have a funny relationship with the word failure because I think it's such negative connotations yeah but actually you're right there's so much around um you, you know the positives mm. around failure um and actually that's learning and that's growth and that's um you know that's self-development and when we talked about imposter syndrome and and um, be, being a beginner and just being okay with a be- being a beginner but also being okay with not getting it right first time or yeah. making a mistake or failing um that's i think that's something to really work on as mm. well but you're right there is much more around on that and I yeah, I'm a massive fan of Elizabeth Day's oh, podcast love it. to fail <laughs> can you get her on oh please? god I wish <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening Elizabeth <laughs> can you imagine yeah um no it, it's a fantastic podcast and actually I just love how vulnerable people get on it because that's the key it's like you really then and it's actually in my last um podcast recording we talked about connection and the importance of connection and feeling like people understand you and are listening to you and understand your motivations how you you know how you are as a person rather than just someone in the workforce and you know that is what can build confidence I think if if you feel listened to and understood then you're going to feel far more confident confident in in being able to say I'm not sure I understand this or I don't know because it's so much safer as a space yeah and again it's coming back to the culture isn't it you've got that culture there that you know where you take time to get to know people and understand who they are as Mm. people what their motivations are what their fears are what their strengths are you develop that connection and, and when you have that you're like you say you're more likely to build that trust you're more likely to have vulnerable conversations and and then say when I don't feel confident yeah I need help with something um yeah it's hard though isn't it to develop that I don't know what that's like uh in the places that you've worked with but I don't know that I've ever had that (laughs) in a work well luckily I'm in a position where I work where I'm kind of uh, 
a lead on the sort of culture side of things so I just push oh, I push for every lecture every workshop every kind of lunch <laughs> and learn we can do like we've done personality training we've done introvert training we've done um loads of stuff on just you know understanding that people are different and uh, I just think it's fascinating now the workforce I just think the ways we work have changed so much I also sometimes have to say to younger people I have to say you know we work so differently that it may take longer for someone to understand where you're coming from just because it's so different to where they're coming from Mm. especially when they were your age because I I totally think that I admire the people coming through so much but I do always think god they're so different that how how they view work is so different what they what they value at work what they don't value at all you know what they see you know some people see work as like it should be a reflection of all aspects of life you know we should Mm. rather than just work and actually where does the responsibility start and end I think it's so interesting yeah (laughs) but it it, we do want like you're saying about we want people to all see our point of see our side of it don't we want people it's like having this instant response again Um, and I'm just thinking of what you said about um, kind of it might take longer for people to understand where we're coming from because we're all looking at it through completely Mm. different lenses but sometimes I think that's where conflict comes up in the workplace Mm. as well because we all we don't have the time we're so impatient and when somebody doesn't understand that's when um yeah we can jump to conclusions and and uh yeah causes a bit of conflict there but we're all so different and that's great isn't it that we want to be different we want to be diverse and yeah uh, bring lots of things to the table where can people find out more about you then um so my uh website is gemmabrowncoaching.co.uk and a lovely contact that we have in common kelly is currently rewriting so my web copy so that's all gonna be new coming thank you and then um yeah linkedin and uh on instagram as well i'm at Gemma brown coaching nice well thank you it's been such a nice chat i've i've loved it it's been quite cathartic i think <laughs> <laughs> we've gone off on a few tangents there yeah though, but, it's, but that no it, it's, it's so just such a big topic and i think that yeah the more we do talk about it at all ages like you said it's not just about when you enter a workforce it's all or new position it can come up at any time really can't it but um yeah it's it's so important that people talk about it that they have open conversations with colleagues with friends and then it just you know makes it that bit easier doesn't it to confront yeah I think that is my parting message is to to share share more about your experience because it might help others as well who who might be um going through similar thoughts and feelings but yeah no I've loved this conversation thank you so much for for inviting me me too yeah no problem at all thanks so much bye